Well, what is this book about, The Secrets of the Sphinx? Are you excited about this new book or what? Oh, my gosh. I'm super excited. Well, So after... how did this second book come out? I know, you, and if you notice, I have your book right here. Oh, it went somewhere. It, it was One right of the there. beings took it. <laughs> might have to redo this video <laughs> <laughs> no you can leave it in as bloopers <laughs> i know so that's right it's in the bedroom so i was taking oh. notes from it so oh. what made you come up with the the second book what's going on with the second one so i just wanted to pick up where we left off with jen after the hypnotist journey to atlantis and we i just started out with her and I let her higher self take us to wherever they wanted us to take us. So basically, I never write these books. I mean, it was written for me. And we I thought we would start somewhere totally different. In fact, I had no idea it was going to end up being about the Sphinx at all. Oh, we, nice. So we, we started out, her higher self took us to her past life in the 70s. And we got a much more in-depth look into that lifetime. But what was interesting about that lifetime is I thought that she just un uncovered information with this person named Julie back in the 70s about Atlantis and Lemuria, that actually she uncovered so much more that they had recovered through those, those were early hypnosis sessions, and they uncovered so much information but what? it never went. They didn't record it in anything. They just uncovered it. They just and took notes and just listened to it. And just they didn't even take person. notes. They would get together <sighs> once a week after she was done working. <laughs> no. Where's your notepad at? <laughs> I know. But, you know, it all worked out. It had to come out. Now, it wasn't the right time. Everything about that life just wasn't the right time. It was too early for this information to come out in the 70s. But she uncovered all this information about the Sphinx, about Mars, about underground tunnels and all different kinds of things. And we started getting this information again. This is information that she found with this person named Julie. And she would go after work, she would go to Julie's house and they would just get all this information. It was really rudimentary back in that day. Uh, she would stare at a candle to get uh -huh. this information. That was how Julie hypnotized her back then. Gotcha. And she would just get tons of information. They released that information to her really quickly in that lifetime. And that's why it's slower in her current lifetime as Jen, just because she felt maybe they released it too quickly in that lifetime. But because of this, we were able to get so much information. And we uncovered, we picked up where she left off with Julie. And it was, gotcha. it was fascinating because I had no idea how much stuff she had uncovered in that lifetime. And then we, we went through her life and we got a really detailed view of what that life was like for her. And then she went during that lifetime, she tried to share this information with some of her coworkers, and she was called crazy, and she was uh. put into a mental institution. Even that was fascinating, because as she was experiencing the electric shock therapy, 
so much more was uncovered through those <laughs> sessions. We're going to zap was, you. <laughs> yeah. Becomes more information. Yes. And that's exactly what was going on with her because as she would release the confines of her mind, so much of her mind opened up and she was just given so much information. And then she was lobotomized. And man, when there was no restrictions for her mind, she could go anywhere. Uh, and so it was quite fascinating just to learn so much about history and what kind of things she uncovered in that lifetime that was just kept secret for so many years. Interesting. For the book, talks about the Sphinx. So does it pick up where Atlantis leaves off by any chance? Or, or is this like completely separate from Atlantis? No, and, it's sort of like a prequel in a, in a sense. Like a continuation? It's, it's a continuation, but it's also kind of before Atlantis. There's more information about when she crash landed and what that experience was like for her as an extraterrestrial. It's really a much deeper look into what it was like for the extraterrestrials. I, I kind of like giving them, well, they are us, more of a voice because it's a different aspect of consciousness you don't think about because you think about like the UFO or the extraterrestrial as other, but it's really someone's memories of being that being. So it's a different way of seeing that that lifetime is a different perspective. It's like the re the feelings that she felt as an extraterrestrial, which is a different way. It's a, a voice that I think they should have. Correct. And you're talking about when she had a past life as a commander on the spaceship yeah. that crashed and mm -hmm. everything. So yeah, so there's exactly. more information that comes forward about that. Right. And more information about different time periods in Atlantis. It wasn't when we were working together to uncover the final days of Atlantis, we didn't realize just how long Atlantis spanned. And so there were golden ages as well. I mean, Atlantis yes. lasted a long time. I mean, there were other time periods during Atlantis, which were interesting to piece together, to learn about. And there was just... There's so much, but I felt like I was on a journey because it was so fascinating because I kept, you know, just wondering where they were going to take us today. And just so many fascinating things started coming. And I told you about the three person, I think a while yes, ago. Yes, yes. That's interesting I, that uh, I like how it's, there's a, your book has the trident on it with the three points. And then you got the person three and I'm looking at the Amazon comment and it says, you know, descriptions about the book a little bit and then a, a comment and then it says dash three. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, so that's where that comment came from. So I'm assuming you all working with three. Yeah. And it was so interesting because when we started getting this information, Jen kept saying, oh, well, you know, there's somebody or being named three that has information about the Sphinx. There's a being named three. <laughs> she kept saying that. And I didn't really think anything of it. I just, I just didn't. I was like, who is this being named three? Then one of my other clients towards the end of writing the book said, well, there's a being named three. 
that has information about the Sphinx. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've heard that before. And I thought that's a really weird coincidence. So as Jen had already left, I was worried that I wasn't going to going to find a subject, you know, to work with to finish the book. I was kind of scared because she's such a good subject. How am I going to find somebody else that's this good of a subject? And I had this man that came in for a session during like earlier a year before, and I just really liked his information. So I asked if we could work together again. He said, yes. And at the end of the session, after all this information about the Sphinx came out, (laughs) he said, I am three, three is me. I was like, oh my God. That was the guy. (laughs) so this is a real person because at first i thought well maybe this is a being like a upper dimensional type of being well that's his higher self it was his higher self it's not yeah it's not him but it was speaking through him if if that makes sense oh okay so three is being named three coming through this gentleman mr client Uh yeah gotcha it was (laughs) It's really interesting to be in my position because so oftentimes I doubt things, you know, I have this healthy degree of skepticism, but things like this, you know, I just, you can't. Yeah, that's interesting. You hear in one session that an individual or entity called three is going to come through with more information for you. And then this guy comes through. It's like, yeah, I'm three, I'm here. And you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. <laughs> so with that being said, how many sessions you've had with this entity called three? Oh, I think he was, or the entity was there throughout the whole writing of the book. Oh, gotcha. It's just gotcha. influencing it. So I felt who- like this was a collective uh work gotcha did three tell you anything like where they're from or who they are or anything like that when when jen yeah in a sense it's an extraterrestrial i guess you would say when jen was um talking about this three person she said another name for it was toth some people call it him it toth but it's Uh, not he or she it's um kind of an it because it's both i guess you would say uh and he it has come many times to help humanity to share information just so that humanity would get it together a (laughs) bit and that this incarnation of three is here now but not just in one physical body in many physical bodies if if that makes sense yeah well if you look at it from a higher self point of view a higher self can have what multiple souls fraction off from it so maybe it's something similar to that right so plus if something was to ever happen to that one person be like oh (laughs) talk or three is no more (laughs) Right. (laughs) right But so, it, apparently it has come throughout history multiple times. 
And there's an incarnation of it again now in multiple bodies helping. So did three say why it was so important for this information to come through? Well, just because it's really important that we understand who we really are now. Gotcha. It's really important. And I've, I left that quote in there at the end of the book, because that's the quote that I hear through multiple people. It's just reworded a little bit differently um, each time, but it's so important for us to really understand who we are and why we're here. Gotcha. That's who we really are is we're really this group of beings that have traveled, you know, from planet to planet. We're here for this experience and to further this experience, this experiment. That's who right. we really are. Because to keep the, the game of life going. <laughs> right. Because it's a game. It's like a video game. We're in this like really high tech, cool <laughs> video game. And I know, I know. Play, you have to forget. Absolutely. You could pick your characters and everything. Yes. <laughs> that's how i look at it so one day i need to finish up my presentation and, and have it all out there one day just to say yeah life is a, a video game and you're picking your characters you're designing everything yeah designing your your mission so we're such powerful creative beings mm -hmm. i mean we're the we're the designers too and we're we've designed this game for ourselves the best yeah. game we can think about yeah, whether it's good or bad, even the bad stuff, they're like, well, you created it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I remember in one session, uh, the person was asking about, you know, why do we have this money system? Why do we have this hierarchy of money and stuff? And, you know, the higher self was like, well, y'all created it. <laughs> This is what y'all wanted. <laughs> right, exactly. You know, y'all wanted an easy way, a form of exchange, and y'all wanted to exchange this for this, for this energy, for that energy, and y'all came up with this system. Yeah, that's what y'all wanted. So, right. Oh, okay. that, you know, it's the simple things that just make sense. <laughs> right, it makes sense. I mean, you need some way to exchange. So... I don't know if you're a big fan of Edgar Casey, but was anything juicy about the Sphinx that came through? Definitely. There was a lot about the Sphinx that was very juicy. <laughs> I won't give all of it away. Come on, give, but... us, give us a teaser of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think what was really interesting is just that it was built first before, you know, the civilizations were put were built or were created basically on this planet as a communication device. And it's, mm. and there's nothing you can do to the Sphinx. It's built into this really special stone that being broadcast out to other planets and other realms and other dimensions so that they could keep track of us. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mentioned Edgar Casey. Was anything brought up? Any hidden chambers under the Sphinx? Is yeah. Oh true? my gosh, <laughs> so many, and different um, vortexes that you can tap into. But uh -huh. the some of the underground tunnels or the underground chambers are closed right now, but will open when the time is right. When we've hit a level of um, 
when we have raised our vibration, we will be able to go in the Sphinx and see what's in there and communicate with our ancestors through the Sphinx, because that's what other planets are doing. They're communicating with one another through the Sphinx and getting tapped, keeping tabs on us. Oh, okay. That's interesting. And there's a lot of groups underneath the Sphinx, like underneath these tunnels. I guess you call them extraterrestrial groups that are keeping tabs of like on our soil and on the progress that we're Mm -hmm. right now during our ascension process. Gotcha. So is there like a Sphinx on another planet, very similar to ours? Well, it doesn't look the same because they built the Sphinx to look like an apex, the apex predator in the area. Okay. So it's, uh, it's got the same type of, it's the same type of device. On other planets, it looks like spires. I don't know if you've ever read one of Dolores Cannon's books. Someone was talking about the spires and on their home planet. But anyway, it's interesting because a lot of people talk about these spires and that's communicating with. Oh, okay. When you say spires, like just cylinders, spiraling kind of like wavy lines. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I think that was even in part of your book Yeah. (laughs) On, Uh on top of the pyramids and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. So you mentioned Dolores Cannon. I was going to bring her up. So in her. One of her books, she said the Sphinx was actually a female. Did you get anything like that? Well, I did because I talked to the Sphinx for a little, or this person said, you know, you could just channel the Sphinx. <laughs> and I was like, well, really? well what a good idea. <laughs> it was interesting. The personality or what appeared to be the personality of the Sphinx that came through. And that was really fascinating. So that's pretty cool. So that. So if that person was able to channel the Sphinx, then that means it has its own. Has its own personality. Consciousness kind of. Right. Or energy or something. Right. What was that like? Oh my gosh. (laughs) This whole thing is very fascinating. (laughs) It's just like being on a really incredible journey. It was fascinating because I really didn't think you could channel the Sphinx. And at first I was like, huh. But the information that started coming through was profound and I, you could feel the presence of something. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So interesting conversations. Did, was the Sphinx okay with how everything was being played out and how everything was happening? Well, what was really interesting is it doesn't have... Um, any thoughts about that? <laughs> yeah, any kind of bias whatsoever or any thoughts it was just content happy to do its job basically right makes sense i mean really fascinating i guess with it being made out of stone it just has to go with the flow well there's so much energy within it that it's built on and it's you know the extra it's a got very high advanced technology and it has a personality Nice, nice. So you mentioned it, and I wanted to reconfirm your story. You mentioned how, like, how in the future we'll understand more about the Sphinx and that mm-hmm. that vortexes or tunnels will be open, and we'll understand more information about the Sphinx. Well, I had a client that was very similar 
but on the opposite end, instead of the Sphinx, it was the pyramids. And she was telling me about the pyramids and that there's more to the pyramids than what we know. And I thought this was cool. She said that there's actually messages, formulas on the other side of the stones inside the pyramid. Like you think you see one side of the stone, it's flat, there's nothing there. But if you was to take that stone out and turn it around, you actually see writing oh, cool. on it and everything. It's just oh, hidden cool. from us on purpose. So I was like, oh, okay. She's like, yeah. So in the future, when, you know, when I get to a certain point, all that information is going to come through. And I was like, that's what they all say. <laughs> when we get to a certain point, this is for us, like a time capsule. Right. So we can know our true history, our true origin. So that clock is ticking. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's <waiting>. ticking. <laughs> it seems like it's about to happen. It's happening. So I asked, I was like, is it going to happen in our lifetime? Because I don't know. Because, you know, you, you went to Egypt. There's so yeah. much going on over there. So many rules right. and regulations. It's like, is that right. going to happen anytime soon? Because Well, you if know. you think about it, if there's a huge mass awakening and we all change, then we would all change. And <laughs> it would right. be different. Right. right. So you mentioned Mars. Is Mars connected to the Sphinx in any which way or? or is well, it just that all the information is in the Sphinx about everything that oh. we've ever done as a, as a history of a group of beings on this planet, any other planet. And so it was interesting as I was gathering information about um, everything that was coming through, you know, Jen's session with Julie just interesting information about Mars was coming through because it seems like there are a lot of people on the planet right now that lived on Mars that actually that passed on Mars. And a lot mm. of people want to see the start of their civilization again happen in our lifetime. So a lot of people are wow. reincarnated again to see the start again. It seemed like there was a collision in space that's what I got from two different clients, a collision in space. And what happened was it blanketed the atmosphere. So it, everything turned cold and they couldn't grow things anymore. And it just, people couldn't survive. And so they sent a signal back to their home planet to try to get rescued. But by the time the help came, a lot of people had died. Oh no. Yeah. My very first QHHT session with a client, she had a past life on Mars. Oh, cool. So, and what was cool about this was that they were at war with Maldek. So they were battling each other with Maldek and they set off some kind of device and they blew up their planet and their planet was too close to Mars. So when they blew them up by accident, they ripped out their atmosphere their atmosphere oh interesting way. well that's interesting because they blew something up and then it ruined their atmosphere it's yeah. very consistent yep and it was that energy wave called i guess you could look at it like that it, that energy from that planet took away their collided with their planet and took away their atmosphere wow that's so interesting yeah so yeah, she um, she had a a body 
of a, she she described herself looking like a frog. Her skin was like like me metallic in a way, uh -huh. like like a like a tree frog kind of kind of feel and look to it and everything it was purple i was like oh that's cool i was like yeah you're not doesn't sound like you're a human being in this one. <laughs> so, oh my gosh so interesting yeah when i heard that one that was my first session i was like oh man that was a good one i was like i was i was like yeah if i can have more sessions like this that'd be pretty cool maybe you should call her back and see if you can find out more about mars Come on back. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it was fascinating stuff. So that's really cool. And and I think even Dolores Cannon brought up Mars as well. And so there was a, a scout ship that came to Earth. And when Mars collapsed, they were stuck on Earth and they had no mm -hmm. planet to go to. Mm -hmm. So they were stuck here. Yeah. So what else is going on in this book? What else can you share about this book? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, towards the end, it just seemed like there was a lot of information about the Ascension. Okay. What's going on with that? It was interesting because, you know, like I was telling you earlier, that when I look around, all I can see on the TV or from the madness you know, other people <laughs> is doom and gloom but i don't get that i keep hearing we're right on track and this comes to people that don't even know about other people's information when it comes to the ascension i mean this came through multiple clients mm. just that there might be some chaos but we're on the right track that we're ascending basically I kept hearing that over and over and over again nice. to where I really have to believe it. So with the chaos and everything, do you think we kind of need this chaos to help out with karma, help out with some kind of healing or anything like that? Well, I think it's just like anything when you like tear down an old house, you have to tear it down before you build the new house. I think it's, it's basically like that. It's just getting rid of the old, basically. And that's not always easy. Uh, you know? Like in a way, you got to realize, man, this house is old. It's falling yeah. apart. It's time to yeah. go. Exactly. It, it, it has to really get you good instead of saying, no, there's nothing wrong with this house. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. Because you could live in that old house until you can't. And basically, I think that's what's happening. Now you, you just have to tear it down and rebuild it. Because it's not working anymore. The pain has to set in. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the Sphinx is connected to the ascension process? Right. Right. I won't give away too much of it. but Gotcha. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. All the, you know, it's just really fascinating what kind of information um, people that went through, like, a lobotomy or electric shocks were able to tap into without their minds, you know, being confined to the regular way a mind is confined. It's interesting what you can learn from somebody's experience, somebody that went through those things. It makes you wonder. It's interesting. <laughs> nice. Now, is this book thicker or thinner than your Atlantis book? 
Um, it's almost about the same. Really? Length. So you got a lot of juicy information. Uh-huh. A lot of juicy information. You know, mostly about the Sphinx, but also about that lifetime. We really went into detail. And then I tried to find her. I tried to figure out if I could find her. But I, when I looked through, you know, like records, it's hard to find somebody with such a common name. But I got as many details as I could, which were really confirming, which is right. really fascinating. Yeah, because she had a life in the 70s, right? Yeah, it's not that long ago. Mm -mm. So it was really interesting because as I was getting all this information too, um, at one point, she said, oh, Dolores is here. And she's really happy because she's excited to get this information out. You know, she's just been watching us and kind of cheering in the background. Yes. And, and I was like, well, awesome. Can she just like give me this information and that information? She's like, oh, no, she can't, <laughs> can't interfere. No, you're she on your own. only guide. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really interesting. But it makes sense. She can't interfere. She could only guide. Well, at least she, she was giving you some con congratulations and some. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I felt pretty cool. <laughs> so is there anything else you can share about three? Is there anything else? Um, are, in other words, is three going to come through with some more information? I'm are sure. Or you think I mean three is done? No, I don't think so. I think that pre there's a huge presence of that being Toth or whatever you want to call it that's mm -hmm. on the planet now to help us, you know, during this time. I bet you could, anybody could call upon that presence. It's yeah. such a loving, wise presence. It was interesting because I just, I, I was wondering who is this being three that has information about the Sphinx, you know, maybe... I have to go find this person <laughs> and no. then it shows up. <laughs> no, it's coming to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Thoth and three is the same energy or entity. From, from what I heard. Yes. Okay. So when you say Thoth, is this the, the Greek Egyptian God Thoth that we know of? You know, I think it's incarnated many times, but maybe possibly. Yes. Okay, gotcha. But Pretty it's cool. actually an extraterrestrial. What's that? It was. It's actually an extraterrestrial presence. Gotcha. But reincarnated as a human during the uh, the days of Egypt. No, apparently he was never really a human, but he oh, okay. could shape shift and looked like a human. Gotcha. When he had to. Is that why okay. he had the bird mask and everything? Yeah. Uh-huh. Gotcha. Yeah. So is, I guess is he a bird on his planet? You know, I don't know. But I have noticed that when extraterrestrials are on their own planet, they don't have a physical body. They have a physical body when they come to Earth. Gotcha. It's a different type of body. It's like a light body when they're on their own planet. They don't need bodies. They've developed to a point where they don't really need a 3d physical body right because they're in higher dimensions right right interesting yeah. it no. is interesting that's what many extraterrestrials say when they come to earth that they only have a body when they're going to be around humans 
Yep, yep. <laughs> Plus, I think they need something that, since the Earth is so dense in 3D, they kind of need something, you know, to definitely hold in that energy. Right, definitely. So, well, what else is going on? What else is happening? Um, not much. I'm just getting ready to start book three. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, what book three is about? <laughs> I don't know yet. We'll see. We what even happens. finished book two interview. <laughs> <laughs> I've always got to be working on something. Well, I'm going um, in a month. I'm going to be speaking at the Conscious Life Expo, which I'm really excited about. And I'm going to share a lot of the information about the Atlantis material with some videos, which I think will be really, really cool. So people can see like what it was like when I was uncovering this information and firsthand accounts, you know, of Mm -hmm. some of these clients really fascinating. And that'll be February 5th. Yep. And I have a link in the description uh, if you're going. And what's the what's the event? Life Conscious 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 Life Expo in L.A very popular event well so if you got the book threes coming out what is book three about (laughs) i don't know yet (laughs) oh okay i'm I'm excited to find out you're just putting it together Mm -hmm. well i'm not even yeah i don't even know where it will lead yet it'll be interesting i wonder if you're gonna do the pyramids maybe we'll see (laughs) gotcha now, are you still working with Jen for this one? or oh, She's in Hawaii, and she just decided to do something totally different. So okay. she's... Um, Understandable. Just, yeah, trying to do sustainable living on Hawaii, just to get close to where she feels uh, Lemuria was. And oh, yeah. She wants to tap into that Lemurian energy. She is. She is. And I'm excited for her. It's wonderful. She seems to be really enjoying life over there which is great gotcha. so now i'm using different subjects perfect here's a question we were in one of my sessions uh with a client uh client is the sphinx is there two of them or one of them because that was a, a big question that was being thrown around at one time so i got that there are two there was a female version that was um kind of destroyed but it was symbolic it was destroyed with the suppression of the feminine aspect to humanity and i've heard that it will rise again (laughs) with the (laughs) rising of the divine feminine it's just um not going to be whole when it rises but essentially symbolically it'll be found that's interesting that's what my client was saying that it was buried throughout the eons earthquakes or something mm-hmm. and eventually it'll, it will be revealed i was like what? Yeah. okay so it's interesting you you had something similar so another thing that i thought was pretty cool in dolores cannon's book about the sphinx was that it was made after um a priestess oh the ancient the- priestess the face yeah the face and everything and um they were part of the cat people if i ain't mistaken and that's why it's a lion's body or mm-hmm. you know interesting a cat body so did anything like that come through on yours 
Oh, I got that it was symbolic when they changed the face from the lion-like face mm -hmm. to a human's face with the just kind of symbolic of greed and the masculine asserting its power over everything gotcha. kind of thing. Just a lot of symbolism for what happened when that, when that happened. What else, uh, what else you got planned for uh, this, this new book that's coming out? Well, I'm going to see what happens where it takes me, but I'm really, I mean, even if I say what I hope that it will <laughs> become, it might totally change because I don't write these books. It's just all this information comes through my clients and through my subjects. And I don't really have any control over where they go. So what I hope comes out well, might be totally different. You know, I would really like to look more into ancient Egypt, but it might not even go that way. So I don't know. Yeah, it was going to be one of my questions is like, what subject have you always wanted to look into more, pursue more? I think just history in general, really, because there's so much we haven't been told, you know, and I really like uncovering that kind of information, just any information that they want to give me. So I really can't decide what it's going to be about. It's just literally going to be whatever they gave me <laughs> as much as I would like to, you know, <laughs> want it to be about certain things. Did three say he, um, that they have more information coming for you? Yeah. Okay. And there but you go. They said, they said they only give me information that humanity is ready for. And there was a lot of confirmation, uh confidential information when i was trying to get this information for the sphinx book i there were a lot of roadblocks at one point they said oh no this is confidential and they stopped the session <laughs> so how did you get them to release the information oh my gosh you must have just... sweet talked them or something no i mean i was like what do you mean <laughs> this is confidential what happened was I was just working with a client and, and she was um, going into information about the Sphinx and all of a sudden her higher self stopped the session and said, I'm sorry, we have to interrupt. They didn't even say, I'm sorry, actually. It was like, we have to interrupt this session right now <laughs> because you're getting too close to confidential information really humanity, humanity can't know this information yet and i was like why why can't humanity know and they said because people would get too confused they have to wait a little bit to release that information that it had to do with certain energy and the energy and we couldn't know that particular information yet and i was like well what can you share with me that isn't confidential and it was like just beating around the bush you know to try to get that information but it was so funny the way they just totally stopped the session and then after they talked to me they said okay we'll just bring her back and you know you can continue your session with her and I was like oh my gosh I asked her later what she thought and she didn't remember that part which was oh interesting. that's interesting yeah 
So did they ever reveal what they was confidential? A, a little bit, yeah, but not to the point. They said some of it they don't want to release because they don't want it to be intercepted. Mm. Because of everything that's going on right now that they have to wait. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense a little bit, you know? Yeah. Was any of it like like shocking or was like by the time they gave you the information, you're like, oh, I already knew that. <laughs> um, you know, well, having your session interrupted was a little shocking, but um, it's like they played know, a message for you. We're here to interrupt this uh, broadcast. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it they, I mean, at one point they said they were monitoring me. <laughs> uh oh, you you digging too deep. <laughs> yeah. But it was, you know, it wasn't, you know, I know that they, they wanted to release the information they were ready for at the right time. And they said later in the future, they'll release that information. Exciting stuff. I'm very excited for you. I'm looking for it. I will buy the book and it is on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's on Amazon, uh, paperback and Kindle. I'm looking at it right now. It's $16.95 for paperback. And mm-hmm. eight ninety five or nine ninety five, mm-hmm. if you got credits or not, yeah. on Kindle. Very exciting stuff. Perfect, and I have a link in the description as well. So you mentioned Ascension. So what else is going on with the Ascension stuff? I know we talked about it earlier, and we talked about it briefly because we were talking about things that you're not supposed to be talking about. But if you could just give us a recap of what's going on with the ascension, ascension the best way you can without getting into trouble. <laughs> well, I mean, basically what we're going through right now, that this is what I've been told from higher beings, is that when we came to see this planet, and I say we because we are the, the essentially all that is, but when we came to see this planet, something interfered with our, um, with our uh, seeding it. And it was the fear virus. And we weren't supposed to have a planet with the fear virus. It was not supposed to be a planet that had that attached to it. So we've spent so long getting to the point where we're ready to release this fear. And this planet, when it, we release this fear, this planet will, will, ultimately raise its consciousness so we're in the process of doing that right now and we're raising our frequency and our vibration as well on the planet right now i mean most people can think about their lives and see how different they are in so many different ways and that's what we're doing we're shedding this layer of fear because once we do that our lives are going to take on a totally different meaning without that fear and that is what i've been hearing is happening now and it's happening so while we're being bombarded with fear the more you can take a step away from fear and don't engage with it the better and you can choose which frequency you want to ingest almost that's what they said it was like you know you decide what kind of frequency you want to vibrate at basically and ingest that frequency and then that'll help you, you know, raise your own frequency. So in a way, it sounds like this fear, that when they were seeding this planet, fear came in and everything. And if 
if you your thoughts on this this was just my my thoughts on it it seems like like here's an opportunity to learn from this and experience this life but yeah it has fear but what can we make and what can we create with this oh definitely i mean that's what it's like when we seed many other planets. I mean, you have to adapt to what it is. And because there's so many variables, that's all part of this experiment. That's what makes it an experiment. It has to be different. Otherwise it would all be the same. So just the fact that the fear was here was in a sense, you know, a benefit in a sense, even though it wasn't intended to be that way, that we've learned so much from the fear. So it, it has a, you know, positive spin to it as well. Right. Don't let a bad situation go to waste, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because in my mind, it, you know, it's like no um, experience goes to waste. You exactly. Know? Exactly. And I always wondered, you know, why would people sign up for a negative experience? And they've said, it's because you want to keep your energy, you know, always going, you want to keep your energy moving. And some of these, even these horrible negative experiences are better than just being in one place, being static, you know, because there's so much to be gained from a negative experience and it's never negative. Was anything talked about in the future? Was there any things in the future? Just that we're ascending. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, future is hard because mm -hmm. you never know. Things can change moment to moment. Absolutely. So it's, it's all those really hard to. <laughs> yeah, all the timelines. Yeah. I'm going to have a link in, in the description for Sarah for your YouTube channel, your website, your book. Absolutely. So Thanks. and what else you want me to share your event that's coming up? Oh, yeah. The Conscious Life Expo. Yeah, so if you want some information about that check it out and if you're watching this video on the qre network uh the rest of the interview is going to be on guardians of magic and that's where i keep all my information about atlantis the sphinx ancient egypt uh anything from our ancient past is over on that youtube channel so if you're watching this on on the qre network uh click the link below and it'll bring you over to guardians of magic and that's where all the information from our ancient past is and some other interviews that i've done with you is on there as well so if you want to see awesome. more videos of sarah go check it out i pretty much have a playlist i think you're up to four videos on there nice <laughs> i know we did you had the miami one when you was in miami oh yeah that was a fun one cool you know yeah so that's when the information was was uh first place and fresh yes. in your mind. <laughs> oh gosh, that was incredible. And almost like you left class and called me that day. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know. I couldn't wait to tell you. <laughs> Perfect. Was there anything else you wanted to talk about that we did not talk about? Um, I'm sure it's gonna come to me right after we hang up. <laughs> <laughs> You're like if there is anything else of course you know how to get in touch with me and we'll do this again thanks jason thank you thank you very much so well with that being said i want everybody to have a good night and a good time Bye -bye. see you later